0: DFS. It is Friday, September 30th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our week four DraftKings Kings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schauff, with me as always, is Jared Smola. Jared, on DK this week, there are lots of 5K quarterbacks. So I'm curious to hear if that's where you're going for your cash QB on Draft Kings.
1: Nah, I'm, I'm playing Josh Allen. Um, you know, even at his $8,400 price tag, he comes in as our top dollars per point value at quarterback. Now I I will say part of that is because we haven't projected for over 300 passing yards. So he's getting the three point bonus on DraftKings. And he's obviously not a hundred percent chance to get that. Even if you take that away though, and knock him down to 27 projected DraftKings points, he would still be like neck and neck with actually Justin Fields is coming in as the second best value to quarterback, which I'm not touching that, but, um, you know, there are, enough values at the other positions this week to fit in Josh Allen, you know, not easily, but you know, you don't have to kill
0: the rest of your lineup to get him in there. Have you done the lineup building yet to see how the rest of your cash lineup works with Josh Allen in it?
1: Yeah. You have
0: to play at least one of the
1: low 4k wide receivers. There's actually two of them that I think are decent plays. You have to play at least one of them to get him in there. Um, but I'm, I'm fine doing that. There's not, there's there's not a ton
0: I want to pay up for at the other positions this week. Uh, We'll talk about those wideouts as we get to that position. I'm feeling a little bit less good, I think, about those 4K wideouts. So I'd rather go into the 5K range at quarterback. Like I mentioned, there are multiple options, and I'm not going to Justin Fields yet. I'm going to need to see him throw 20 passes in a game before (laughs) I'm thinking about playing him in a DFS lineup. Trevor Lawrence, 5,700 at Philly. Derek Carr, 5,800 versus Denver, Ryan Tannehill, 5,500 versus Indy, Marcus Mariota, 5,600 versus Cleveland. I did have Jared Goff in that group of consideration before, but with Amon Ross St. Brown out with T.J. Hawkinson, Josh Reynolds, D.J. Chark dealing with injuries, DeAndre Swift's out. A little bit too much risk for me to consider for a cash lineup, but that other the, that other group of four, Trevor Lawrence, Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, Marcus Mariota, I think all those guys are in play for cash usage I think I might end up falling short of Derek Carr versus the Broncos just because of the combo of him not being awesome so far and the Broncos defense being good. You could say the same thing about the Philly defense against Trevor Lawrence and that being a risky spot. You know, maybe it is, but we've got this offense that's playing really well. Maybe it's for real. So I'm willing to take a shot that Trevor Lawrence is at least good enough there. Or even if they fall behind, maybe we get some garbage time points to bring him back. You know, Ryan Tannehill, Marcus Mariota, you could make an argument that either of them has a higher floor than Trevor Lawrence. If the Eagles are as good on defense this week as they were the last two, I won't argue with that. I think any of those three, I'm just fine with as the the primary cash QB. Yeah. Mariota would
1: be my guy. You know, I I messed around with some,
0: um, you know, cheaper quarterback builds and, you know, Mariota was
1: kind of the guy. I went to there. Um, you know, Cleveland hasn't been good against the pass so far this season, and Atlanta has a 23 point implied total. You know, it's like right in the middle of the pack this week, so you know they're expected to you know put up some points. And Mariota's is going to be involved with that, whether it's you know with his arm or with his
0: legs. Yeah, I actually yesterday I was thinking that Mariota had. Uh, a flimsier, you know, like outlook for fantasy than he really does just because of their lower passing volume. I was thinking, okay, if he doesn't score a couple of rushing touchdowns, then he's much lower in the rankings, but his expected fantasy points are right at 13th where his real fantasy points are. So he's been, yeah. you know, working and being used in a way that supports the way he has scored.
1: Yeah. He's, he's running more than Kyler Murray. So I mean, you know,
0: that, that, uh, that, that definitely helps Mariota's floor. You can't use Kyler Murray as the bar for running anymore because he clearly doesn't <laughs> want to do it, and Cliff Kingsbury doesn't want him to do it, I guess. On the GPP side here, what do you like at QB? I mean, the first question you have to ask yourself in GPP is you
1: know, what you're going to do with this Bills-Ravens game, and you know, specifically Josh Allen on the Bills side. I, mean, I think you know Josh Allen's going to be chalky. Stephon Diggs is going to be chalky. Um, Gabriel Davis looks iffy for this game, which, you know, is only going to push more ownership to, to Stefan Diggs, So that's, that's the first question. I, I think I'll probably play some Josh Allen lineups, but I also want to get away from him, you know, just, just in case he goes for only, you know, 24 points. So I kind of like Justin Herbert here. Um, I, you know, I know it's, it's been ugly so far, but you know, he's down to 7,100 bucks. So you're saving, you know, over a thousand from these other elite quarterbacks. And I still just think, you know, outside of Allen, Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts, like Herbert's the other guy who has a chance to put up like 28 to 30 DraftKings points. And yeah, I know the, you know, he lost his left tackle. It looks like he's going to get Keenan Allen back this week. That helps. And this matchup is, is fine against Houston. The, the Chargers still having you know, one of the highest implied totals on the week. It's at 25 points right now, it's fourth highest on the week. So I, I might give Herbert a chance in tournaments and hope that
0: Chargers offense gets going. I like it. He's got a couple of three touchdown games already. All the injuries with the Chargers makes it easy to kind of forget that they're it's still pretty good. And even last week, coming off the rib injury, he still threw for two ninety seven. Um, so not a great game, but it's not like he was terrible. And he's mm-hmm. he got a full practice in Thursday, so it, it, he's certainly yes. healthier than he was last week. So yeah, I've actually got Justin Herbert down for the other show, but I agree with that. I like Trevor Lawrence on this side probably even more than for a cash lineup because I do think there's the chance that Philly is just very good on defense again and gives him trouble and it's a rough day for him. But there's also a chance that this game just shoots out. And if you play Trevor Lawrence and Christian Kirk and maybe Evan Ingram as well, although his ownership is going to be up, we'll talk about tight ends in a few minutes, you know, it gives you access to that um, Eagles-Jaguars game without the ownership of Jalen Hurts. You can still run back. One of the wide receivers and get some of that production obviously Jer- um, jalen hurts is the you know high ceiling quarterback here but mm-hmm. there's always the chance that the scoring just happens to go to other people and he just doesn't hit that ultimate ceiling jacksonville is fifth in offensive dvoa so far second in passing so you know there's a chance that the eagles defense is for real and that the jaguars offense is also for real and that they just you know play well this week The Jags are also fourth in defensive DVOA, actually two spots ahead of Philly in total defensive DVOA, and they face the Commanders, Colts, and Chargers. You know, Matt Ryan stinks. Carson Wentz is all over the place, but it's not like they've played terrible opponents to this point. So the the Jaguars might just be real all over, I guess, is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're the fourth best defense in the NFL, but I think they're probably going to be a top-ten defense when we get to the end of the season. So I'm super interested to see how that, game plays out I, I could see it turning into a shootout and i also see it being low scoring kind of being disappointing from a dfs perspective um the cheap quarterback i have and you you mentioned him as a cash option is ryan Tannehill. um i, I just think he has underrated upside you go back and look at his, his box scores you know really throughout his time in tennessee he has some big games because you know he can have a big passing game he can also run and you know, he tends to score a bunch of rushing touchdowns we saw him do it last week and he last year played very well against the Colts. He scored. 23 and a half and 23.2 DraftKings points. So you know, you'll probably need a bit more than that to win a tournament. But he averaged 7.7 yards per pass attempt, 68% completion rate, and the the Colts again this season have been much stronger against the run so far than they have against the pass. So um, you know, it, maybe if the Colts get out to a lead, so may, maybe you play Tannehill with like a you know in like a Jonathan Taylor lineup. Um, hope the Colts get out to a lead with JT touchdowns, and then Tannehill has to throw more than you know Tennessee would like him to in comeback mode. Who are you pairing with
0: Tannehill on the Tennessee side? Oh, you know, it's Trey Burks. I just got to hear you say it. I don't, people <laughs> watching us can't assume.
1: Yeah, yeah. Trey Burks. I'll, I'll talk about him in the wide receiver section. I think he's a he's a good you know, standalone tournament play, even if you're not playing Tannehill, but he, he'd be the guy I'd stack Tannehill
0: with. And I think you can't even also skip Jonathan Taylor and play Tannehill, Trey Burks, Michael Pittman, who even yes. if the Colts are leading, he's clearly the number one wide receiver and is probably going to be involved in them scoring the points to get there. For sure. Uh, running back for cash. I mean, there are some easy names that you kind of have to hit this week. Jamal Williams. First yeah. for me at 6,100, he's set to lead a backfield in an offense that wants to run the ball. Seattle's the third worst overall defense by DVOA. So the matchup's good. And all those injuries among the pass catchers, you know, can only help the desire to keep the ball on the ground. Um he, DeAndre Swift, as we speak, is not officially out, but Dan Campbell even said he's probably out for this game. So most likely, Josh Jacobs fifty five hundred, Khalil Herbert fifty seven hundred. The other two guys to touch on, Jacobs, you know, a little bit less sturdy for DraftKings because he wasn't getting the targets before last week. Got just one of those in each of the first two games, but. of his team's total rushing attempts to this point so he's absolutely controlling that aspect and he did get five targets last week so we'll see whether that was a one-week blip or a sign that they're going to start giving him more of that but there's at least reason for hope and really the biggest thing working in Jacobs' favor is that $5,500 salary
1: right yeah so to me and cash Jamal Williams is the must and then I think you play one of Jacobs or Herbert. Um, you know, you look at our baseline projections. We have Jacobs, you know, projected for you know two tenths of a point ahead of Herbert, and he's cheaper. But we do have Herbert with the higher floor. I do feel a bit better about Herbert just you know dominating that that Bears backfield in terms of volume. Um, he he's been awesome too, by the way. Um, he is sixth among fifty nine qualifying backs in PFF rushing grade through three games. He's fifth among those fifty nine. Elusive rating and, and this matchup's good for Herbert. The Giants 28th in football outsiders, run defense rankings, 29th in adjusted points allowed to running back. So I'm, I'm leaning Herbert over Jacobs, but I do think Jacobs is, is a fine playing cash. And then, you know, up top, I'm going to play Saquon Barkley at 8,800 bucks. Um, you know, he's just getting the workload both on the ground and in the passing game. Looks awesome. Um, You you also have the Giants, you know, favorites in this game against the Bears, which is going to be rare this season. So, you know, game flow shouldn't work against, uh, you know, Barkley's volume on the ground.
0: Yeah, I'm okay with playing all three of the cheap guys to help, you know, pay up somewhere else. But I'm certainly not going to say that Saquon Barkley is a guy to skip over this week on the GPP side. uh, Khalil Herbert currently carries the lowest ownership projection in our lineup generator. Among these cheap guys that I talked about before, I think that's probably going to change once Montgomery is officially ruled out for the game because we see that climb through the week. I mean, it just doesn't start high when we're not certain that a guy's going to be starter. So I think Khalil Herbert's probably going to be up at the same level as Josh Jacobs and Jamal Williams in ownership projection over the weekend. We'll check in. But the high ownership projections for those guys have me looking elsewhere in the 5K range. I think Ramondre Stevenson at 5,200 is interesting. The Packers are 19th in overall defensive DVOA. They're league worst against the run, according to DVOA. Stevenson, we've talked about, has been playing even with Damian Harris in rushing over the past couple of weeks, but well ahead of him in receiving use. Got to think that. Having Brian Hoyer at quarterback only makes the Patriots lean harder on those running backs. It doesn't help them. You know, it, the The QB switch certainly doesn't make life better for those running backs because it hurts the offense on hold, but it might increase the touch counts, might increase the target share for that mm-hmm. position versus others. And then I think Brees Hall at 5,400 is interesting, primarily because of the 2% projected ownership. We saw him pull ahead of Michael Carter in playing time last week. One game's not enough to, tell us what to expect the rest of the way, and they've got a quarterback switch this week, which might be bad for a running back target share, but 5,400, 2% projected on ownership. Last week, we did have Brees Hall take over the backfield. So if all of that holds this week and Zach Wilson goes ahead and throws the ball to him, there's some nice upside against a defense that's not scary for running backs right now. Yeah, so just with the um, Herbert Jacobs point, I actually expect their ownerships to kind of flip once Montgomery
1: is ruled out, assuming he's ruled out. So I I think Jacobs will actually end up coming in like closer to 10%. So I actually like him as a tournament running back. Um, I like the Brees Hall call. I think... Uh, Rashad Penny down at 4,900 bucks is worth a look in tournaments. I mean, he kind of went back to the clear leader in that backfield last week, and you know, that, that could always switch. You know, we don't know, that's why I would not touch Penny in cash. But if he keeps getting you know, two thirds of the backfield work in this matchup against the Lions, a matchup he you know, went off in last year, um, I think you know, Penny Penny could be a nice GPP play at that price. Um, I mentioned Jonathan Taylor, I love him in tournaments this week, you obviously have to pay up for him, but um, I kind of think this is the, the breakout spot for him. He put in a full practice on Thursday, by the way. So that uh the toe, I think he's on the injured part with a toe. Um, you know, that that's not a concern to me. Volume has been there outside of the blowout loss to Jacksonville. And the other two games, Jonathan Taylor got 31 carries and seven targets versus Houston, and then 21 carries and five targets against the Chiefs. So volume's been there. The Titans have allowed six point one yards per carry through running backs. They're 30th in adjusted points allowed through running backs. I so I I think this is the breakout spot for Jonathan Taylor. Um Two more guys I like: Javante Williams, sixty six hundred bucks. Um, I mean, w- you know, we'll see what happens with, with Mike Boone going forward. Whether that remains, you know, a thing or if it was just a one week uh, blip. But e- even with Boone getting involved last week, Javante still got fifteen carries and five targets. Like, if you can give me that at sixty six hundred bucks against the Raiders, I think he's worth a shot in tournaments. Um, and then AJ Dillon. I think. I mean, gr- you know, Green Bay's nine point five point home favorites, twenty four point seven five point implied total. Yeah, you know, that's, that's the spot you want to be playing these Packers running backs. I think Aaron Jones is in play as well, but you're, you're saving like 1500 bucks on AJ Dillon and their workloads have been pretty similar. So I I'll take the savings and play AJ Dillon. And you know, I think both those backs have the potential to score, you know, two, three touchdowns this week.
0: I agree. I have AJ Dillon down on my fan duel list. Um, are you watching the ownership projection for Jonathan Taylor at all in deciding how much to play him? Um, I don't think he's going to be, I mean,
1: what do we have him at now?
0: He's like sixth or so. Yeah, I means an eleven percent. I would love if he comes in at eleven percent. Over to wide receiver for cash. I think it's tougher for me to find guys that I like this week than it has been the past couple. I think for me, the savings at running back are going to be important because I would rather pay up a little bit for sure bets for targets here. I do like Deontay Johnson at six K against the Jets. He's top ten once again in targets, ten plus targets in each of the three games so far. Brandon Cooks might seem like a guy that you don't want to trust for cash, but at 5,800, there's some risk priced in there. Disappointing production, but 12, 10, and seven targets in his three games. They're five-point underdogs this week, so there should be volume. And I've got a bunch more guys listed, but I'll, I'll let you throw out any wideouts for cash use. Yeah, well so the two like mid-range guys I like Deontay Johnson's one of them
1: and then Coral Sutton's the guy I'd like to get up to at 6400 bucks you know he's 600 more expensive than, than Brandon Cooks but I mean Sutton's averaging 17 draftkings points per game despite Denver's offense struggling and despite not scoring a touchdown yet um, Sutton's averaging 9.3 targets per game 26 percent target mm-hmm. share that I that probably comes down a bit with Judy healthy now but you know I still think Sutton's a good volume and bat matchups fine against the Raiders and then so these cheap guys I mean you look at the dollars per point rankings, it's actually now Zay Jones is first, but you know he's iffy after missing practice on Thursday, so we'll see about that. And then Cleef Raymond is now our second best dollars per point value at wide receiver, 3100 bucks. He looks like the replacement for Amon Ra, St. Brown. Um, so I, I don't think you need to do that because I like Richie James for 4 k and Mac Hollins for $4,200. Hollins is assuming we're going to get no Hunter Renfro again. Um, he missed practice again on Thursday with his concussion. You know, Matt Collins has been an every-down player regardless of Renfro status. But then with Renfro out last week, Collins saw 24% target share and had the massive game. You know, we're not—we actually haven't projected for 17% target share right now. And again, he still comes in as you know one of the, the top four values at wide receiver. And then Rich, uh, same kind of deal with, with uh, Richie James, just a, a volume bad. He's averaged 5.7 targets per game so far, but that's been alongside Sterling Shepard, who's leaving behind 26% of the giants targets Richie james also has an awesome matchup in the slot against bears slot corner kyler gordon kyler gordon has allowed a league high 326 yards in his coverage so far this season he's 80th among 88 qualifying corners in pff coverage grade so um, again i think if you if you want to play josh Allen, you need to play at least one of those cheap wide receivers And then if you want to play allen and an expensive running back you actually might need to play two of them but again i i think i think they're
0: viable in cash this week I can agree with them being viable, but that group is exactly why I would like to be able to pay up for multiple wide receivers in the five k six k range. I mean, there are definitely paths for all those guys. Zay Jones, even even if he's healthy, does have a tough matchup. Khalif Raymond, we'll see what the usage is, and Richie James. Like, I see the path, and if he winds up with ten targets, it, it won't be like where did that come from. But you know, it's also the situation where they could all just wind up with five targets. So I would rather pay up into the the range that we were talking about before and some other guys that I'm looking at are Curtis Samuel, 5,700 against the Cowboys, Christian Kirk, 6,600 against the Eagles, CD lamb, 6,800 against the commanders. If that salary fits, obviously we're getting more expensive there. Tyler Lockett, I think is a solid bet. 5,900 against the lions, Drake London at 6,100 against the Browns, then Amari Cooper at 63 against the Falcons. So, you know, we'll play around with that and the cheap running backs that we talked about to see exactly what fits, but if I could get, three guys from that whole group i'd feel pretty good yeah of course i feel better about those guys but we do have to fit into the sailor cap somehow so oh yeah that's why i'm gonna go for that <laughs> cheap quarterback that we discussed earlier as opposed to you know acting like you don't I want or josh allen whenever i feel like it yeah i, I was like, you don't want the 30 josh allen points <laughs> no no <Nope>, i don't <laughs> want 30 josh allen points you can yeah. keep them. all right gpp at wide receiver uh, to me jared it looks like there are several guys who have gotten wide receiver one usage so far and produced that are headed for lower ownership than they should this week. I've got Garrett Wilson in that range, 5,400, 4% ownership projection. Christian Kirk fits there, I think, 6,600. Michael Pittman, 7,200. Devontae Smith, I wouldn't put quite at the wide receiver one level, but 5,800 for him, he's headed for single digits despite having the big game last week. And, you know, a kind of a highlight matchup this week. And so i like both Jets wide receivers. I'm willing to give Elijah Moore
1: a shot, again, uh, 4800 bucks. I mean, you know, we don't know what the offense is going to look like, what the target shares are going to look like with Zach Wilson. But um, that, that Steeler secondary has struggled so far. You know, We saw Amari Cooper just torched them last Thursday night. Pittsburgh's, I think, 28th in adjusted points allowed to wide receivers. So I think the Jets receivers at those price tags are interesting. Working our right way up, I think Jerry Judy, 5500 bucks is a good pivot off of Cortland Sutton. Again, I still think it's going to be closer in production, and I still think Judy could outscore Sutton the rest of the way. Judy, his snaps were limited uh, last Sunday night coming off the, that was a rib and shoulder injuries, um, but he's off the injury report this week. So I would expect him to be back in a full-time role against Vegas. So, I, I, again, I like him. He's going to be half the ownership, maybe a third of the ownership as Cortland Sutton um, yeah. Tyler Lockett
0: well I, I agree there too and I wanted to just point out that if we look back to week one they were nearly identical yeah.
1: route, right exactly and they both saw seven targets I think right mm-hmm. so that, I think that could be more
0: what we see going forward
1: um, Tyler Lockett your your boy our boy you I I, I, I agree I, I think you know he does have the better matchup among the two Seahawks wide receivers this week um, actually when you know Lockett's in the slot he's even been about 50% slot so far this season but it's uh, Mike Hughes will be his matchup in the slot. He's been torched so far this season. He's 82nd among 88 qualifying corners in PFF coverage grade. So nice matchup there for Lockett. And then I think Devonte Adams is interesting in tournaments. I think he's hundred bucks cheaper than Stefan Diggs. Diggs is going to draw all that ownership up near the top. Um, and then even like, you know, people are going to want to play Mac Allens too. That's going to draw some ownership away from Devonte Adams. So you know, we have Adams projected at 9% ownership right now. I think it could come in even lower than that and if you can get Devonte, you know who already showed he you know put up 33 DraftKings points in week one he already showed he can you know be a tournament winner so getting him at single digit ownership i think is a, is a good play
0: yeah i don't think you have to try too hard to build the case for Devonte adams when he's coming in at single digit ownership yep. over to tight end for cash it's evan engram for me at 3400 mm-hmm. and the ownership looks like it might be up which will push him out of um tourney consideration but the price is great. The matchup's good. The Eagles have been a much tougher matchup for every other position on offense than tight end. They're adding 32% to tight end scoring according to, according to our adjusted fantasy points allowed. And Mark Andrews is the only tight end projected for higher ownership than Engram right now. So, you know, again, I think that affects the tournament usage. But just looking at the way the offense is playing and the price and the setting, Evan Engram is pretty easily my cash guy. Yeah. The ownership projection surprised me. People don't like Evan Ingram and he hasn't been great so
1: far this season. I'm a little surprised. I guess people just need the savings. So, you know, but, 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 you know, we don't care about that
0: in cash. So Ingram is where I'm going to start. It's kind of a weird week too. It seems like it's probably just going to be spread around and I wonder how real the number is really. Yeah. I'm not even
1: sure I'd you know get off Ingram if you like him in tournaments because of ownership. Um, I, I do like TJ Hawkinson in cash. If you can afford the 700 extra dollars, um, you know, with all these, you know, we, know I'm on Ross St. Brown's out. That's, you know, 30% of Detroit's targets up for grabs right there. Um, DJ Chark and Josh Reynolds around their injury report. You know, we'll see how they're listed today. Now, Hawkinson's on the injury report, too. He didn't practice Wednesday. He was limited Thursday with a foot. I'm not sure, you know, how serious that is or whether he's just getting some, you know, reps off early, early in the week. So we'll see. But if the if the injury is not a concern, I think, you know, Hawkinson's a really good target in this plus matchup against the Seahawks.
0: Yeah, we'll have to watch his injury situation specifically because last week he was questionable with a hip issue. This week it was a foot, and he didn't practice at all Wednesday after limited practices all last week, limited mm-hmm. Thursday. So that's what's kind of steering me away from him for cash usage. But, you know, we'll see what they say um, heading into that game. If he doesn't have a game status on the injury report, yeah. then I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Part- Poor Lions.
1: The offense finally looks awesome. They have this huge implied total for the week, and then all these freaking injuries hit. (laughs)
0: Right. Yeah. If you're a Lion, watch your ankles this week. Um, I agree. I would not ditch Evan (laughs) Ingram from tournament plans if I liked his ceiling more or his floor, I mean, it's a good spot. I said, matchup wise, but he could easily not do a whole lot in this game. And I don't think that the ceiling is all that exciting. So a fairly safe bet for targets, but for GPP, I think I like the, the ceiling better on David and Joku at 3,700 bucks. Who's only headed for 5% projected ownership, even though he had that big game on Thursday night against the Steelers last week, he's seventh among all tight ends in target share. So even though that game was out of line with the first two weeks, it still highlights his level of usage and that he does have that kind of upside in a given game if they do decide to throw him the ball. And this is still an offense that doesn't have – a whole lot of guys outside of the backfield to get the ball to.
1: Yeah. I was surprised by the ownership. I think like people don't think Njoku is capable of having two big games in a row. And they're like, you know, we, we just got his big game. I'm not going to play him this week, but you know, great, great spot for this Browns offense. We haven't really talked about the Browns much, but you know, they have one of the highest implied totals of the week against Atlanta and Atlanta been uh, they're, they're 30th in adjusted points allowed to tight end so far. So I like the Njoku call 3,700 bucks. Um, hundred bucks more than Njoku. Dawson Knox, who's been a major disappointment so far this season, the usage has not been good. He's sitting on just an eight percent target share. Um, I, I still think though, outside of, you know, Mark Andrews and Darren Waller, you know, there's no Travis Kelsey on this main slate. Outside of those high end guys, like I think Knox has as much, if not more, a touchdown upside than any other tight end just because he's playing in this Bills offense
0: and he's gonna come in super low, low on because he's done nothing so far. I can see him more on FanDuel where I don't need the receiving upside, but that target share scares me here, especially with so many options in that range. We've also got Tyler Conklin at thirty six hundred. He's headed for low ownership. Um, not all his, like his target share is down lower than what his target volume suggests to this point, but he is thirteenth in that category, so um, not bad. And Gerald Everett at four K, tenth yeah. in target share, six percent projected ownership. There, you know, even if Keenan Allen's back, we're still talking about probably a less than one hundred percent, and just an offense that it could be anybody's day to score. Yes. Everett's the other one I had down, Um, you know, love him as
1: part of your Herbert stacks. I think you can play Everett even outside of a charger stack, you know, disappointed in the box score last week, but he actually set a season high in route rate. So there's nothing to be worried about with the usage. And then you you look back to the first two weeks of the season, 14.4 DraftKings points and then 13.1
0: DraftKings points. So, you know, he definitely has, has the upside in this offense. Defense Jared I think I'm staying in the 2k range I got the Bears at 2700 against the Giants Cardinals at 2800 against the Panthers Broncos at 2700 against the Raiders I would probably lean Broncos there because that's the only one of those three defenses that is actually good um, but you know there's upside to any of those they could just happen to get a turnover that turns into a touchdown. Yeah, the
1: Bears are where I'm leaning for cash, um, twenty-seven hundred bucks against the Giants. Um, the Giants haven't given up a ton of points to opposing D's yet. It's mostly because they've only turned it over three times, but uh, they have given up thirteen sacks, third most in the NFL. And we just saw Dallas get them for a bunch last week. Um, and and then I, I, again, I do think the Sterling Shepard loss is big for that offense. You know, that's that that has been Daniel Jones's top target really going back for a few
0: years now. So I think that's going to hurt the passing game. I just don't want to have to root against Saquon Barkley in that game. I know, I know. Do you have any other defenses? Uh, I think you hit on most of the other cheap ones. I'll consider
1: for tournaments um, up top. I think the Cowboys and Steelers. Uh, you know, Dallas would be my my favorite, thirty five hundred bucks um, against Carson Wentz and and the Commanders. And then uh, you know, Pittsburgh's defense against the Jets, Zach Wilson. I think there's upside to both of those higher priced Ds if you can fit them in.
0: Yeah, I think that you're getting greedy though if you're trying to fit that
1: with your Josh Allen and your Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> Uh, it's gonna to have to be bears. bears D with my with my Josh Allen teams.
0: You're putting truffle oil on top of your caviar. <laughs> That's right. right. That's gonna do it for this week four DraftKings podcast. Head over to Draftsharks.com now. You can play around with the lineup generator to see which players hold the most value, see what kind of lineups you can build before you enter. And you can also check out uh, the articles from Jared highlighting top picks for both cash and GPP entries on DraftKings. If you are watching us on the stream, stick around. We're going to be right back after a few seconds for the FanDuel side for Jared Small and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew. I'm Matt Shouse, and thanks so much for swimming with us.